Hey, it's Dave from Florida Beer Blog and Florida Beer Podcast. And if you were like me, trying to figure out a way to start podcasting, Anchor is the app for you. I use it for this podcast and it's ridiculously easy to use. It's 100% free and they'll even match you with sponsors so you can get paid to podcast right away. You can do interviews from anywhere in the world. You can import your own audio. You can record directly in the app. All you need is your phone or a tablet or computer to get started. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash start and get started as early as today. Thank you for listening. Welcome to a very jam-packed episode six of the Florida Beer Podcast, powered by FloridaBeerBlog.com. This is Dave, your host and author of FloridaBeerBlog.com. And on this episode, we're going to be bringing you inside the winner's circle. We have four interviews lined up with brewers who just took home medals at the recent Best Florida Beer Championship in Tampa. We're going to be speaking to Joel Codner, previously of Due South Brewing and now the brewmaster at the relatively new West Palm Brewery and Wine Vault, whose 561 Hefeweizen took home Best Beer in Florida. Great for him. Also going to be speaking with Dave Peitzman from Tidal Brewing Company in Spring Hill, another relatively new brewery on the Florida brewing scene, talking about his couple of medals and some things he has going on in the near future. We're also going to be chatting with Pete Anderson from Paradolia Brewing. They are based in Sebastian. They're part of the Treasure Coast Ale and Wine Trail. And we're going to be chatting with him about his new metal, some of the beers that he has, and some events that are actually going on in Sebastian this weekend. The first interview that we have for you, however, is Jeff Evans, a full-time firefighter and brewmaster at Big Bear Brewing Company in Coral Springs, Florida. They took home two gold medals and best brew pub. Want to thank our friends at the Southwest Florida Ale Trail for giving us a couple of Ale Trail passports to give away. Remember, if you want to be entered into that drawing, take a picture of you subscribing to the Florida Beer Podcast on the podcast app of your choice. We are now available on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Breaker, Spotify, Anchor, Take a screenshot, post it on social media, tag us on there, and make sure to spread the word, and you'll be entered to win one of two Southwest Florida Ale Trail passports that we have to give away. But first, let's go to Coral Springs, and we'll be on site at Big Bear Brewing, chatting with Jeff Evans. Enjoy. As promised, we are here at Big Bear Brewing in Coral Springs, Florida with brewmaster Jeff Evans, who has won quite a lot of hardware in the past couple of weeks. Jeff, how are you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks. Okay, so what am I drinking, first right. and foremost? Uh, you're drinking a Belgian Quad. It's a seasonal beer that we have here. It's not a staple. It's only on 
about once a year. Uh, as a matter of fact, I didn't. This is the second time I brewed it. Uh, the first time was about four years ago, and believe it or not, I'm not actually a big fan of Belgian beers. So <laughs> I uh, I brewed it and. And I kind of let it go by the wayside for a couple of years until constantly people kept coming in and asking for it. And by popular demand, I, I, I brought it back against <laughs> against my uh, my will. But uh, here it is. So. Awesome. It's it's definitely big and boozy in all the right places. It's got that great sort of dark fruit feel. A lot of fig, a lot of plum, a lot of raisin. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that Belgian yeast really does uh, exactly what it's supposed to do and make all those big, crazy flavors without any adding any additional spices. We do have a Belgian double on tap here year-round, which is mm-hmm. uh, the Kodiak Belgian double, and that one does not have any seasonal spices or anything like that in it. This mm-hmm. beer, I actually did include, like, a background of, of seasonal spices. Okay. Like, uh, you know, cinnamon, nutmeg, uh, okay. I think a little bit of anise, you know. Uh, I was wondering what that little spicy kick was. Yeah. Not heat, but... Right, yeah. So, okay. I, I threw some stuff in there because it, it did come out, believe it or not, around December. And it is March, and it's still here, which... Um, is is one of the reasons why I don't brew it all the time because <laughs> uh, it's a giant beer it's it's 10 yeah. percent you know oh, I mean I have to serve it in a sniffer glass uh, you know 10 percent uh, you know 10 ounces so it uh it, it moves kind of slow but for the crowd that we have here but it's a great beer and it did just win some awards actually yeah. I, I brewed it twice and I've I've won two. Yeah, you just got one of those awards a couple days ago. Right? Yeah, as a matter of fact, all right, so the United States Beer Tasting Championship, the USBTC, does a, uh, they do two competitions a year. One's in summer, one's in winter. Well, the winter category, the Belgian Ales fall in. So I submitted it, and the way the USBTC works is it has a regions. I think right now there's like eight or nine regions, something like that. Well, we used to be the Mid-Atlantic Southeast. Now we're just the Southeast because there's a lot of breweries that are popping up. Well, once you win, they don't do first, second, third. They just do winner and maybe an audible mention for each category. So when you win um, that category... For your region, uh, they you know they tell you one, you get you know you get the award or whatever, and then they send it to the national championship. So all the regional winners go up for the national champion, and it uh, it just won the national championship as well. Congratulations! So yeah, so it's pretty good. I mean, it's it's um yeah, I guess you know. According to the USBTC, it's the best Belgian ale in the country, which awesome. is weird because I'm not a Belgian brewery. I'm not a. I don't specialize in Belgian ales. I just, you know, I throw my shot out there every once in a while and and hit it real hard with uh, with what I know how to do with Belgian beers, and it came out pretty, pretty well. good. Yeah, pretty tasty. <laughs> it's I, about ten percent alcohol. Definitely enjoying it. And you are definitely not drinking the Belgian dark. What are you drinking? I'm, I'm drinking the IPA. The, um, the hibernating IPA. Which and that's, our, yeah, you just won a medal for that as well. Yeah, so. that, one, that one's got a medal as well. Um, as a matter of fact, in the Best Florida Beer Championships, which in spite of it being only Florida competition, uh-huh. I'm way more excited about that than I am about a national award from from the Belgian ale. One, because of two reasons. Okay. Well, one, it's local. Mm-hmm. It's Florida. And 
Uh, let's just say, you know, there's why all the brewers are friendly. There's a friendly competition between everyone. Gotcha. And when you know that a brewery that you know very well submitted into that category and you beat them out, it's kind of a personal. <laughs> it's, it's a. It's a you know, like a, a little pride, you know, makes you pop no, out your you. chest a little bit, you know what you. I mean? But uh, to win in the IPA category was something completely different. Yeah. So, funny thing, um, we also won, uh, so it took a gold medal in the Best Four Beer Championships, but it also took a, uh, well, I also took a gold medal for the Lemoncello Cream Ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I just put that on social media, we'll be... Yeah doing a blog post about that this week so I definitely want to get some details because it was nice to see how fruity it was it was not like a Jolly Rancher it's not like a um, it's not like a Florida Vice it's got a little bit of back sweetness it's got a little bit of back sweetness you still taste a whole lot of beer it's not just uh, even though cream ale is a very you know mild mild beer you know um, my direction with fruit ales is that it doesn't just tastes just like the fruit. I mean, mm-hmm. we all know what a blueberry or a lemon or, you know, tastes like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't need to just be lemon with sugar. Yeah. Uh, I still want it to taste like beer. And that's it's that balance that I think makes a good fruit beer. While though still fruit beer, uh, mm-hmm. it still has to be a good fruit beer. And that's what I think did it really well. And um, if you've ever had the liqueur, lemoncello, Italian liqueur, mm-hmm. um, it's strikingly similar to that. And believe it or not, that happened by accident. I, I, I wasn't shooting for a lemoncello cream ale. I came, it tasted like it. And uh, a, uh, a good brewer before me uh, once said, it's not about what you, uh, what you set out to brew, it's what you end up with. Mm-hmm. What do you? What does it taste like? What is? It's, it's, I would say, hey, what category to submit this in? You know, I, I brewed, I brewed this, and he says, well, that doesn't matter. I said, what does it taste like? You know, and okay. uh, so it, it tastes like limoncello to me. So <laughs> limoncello cream ale. And obviously, there's no real limoncello in there. Right. What no. else did you? Uh, well, adjunct wise. Well, I mean, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> no. and I'm sorry. I love this podcast, but I don't love it that much. <laughs> no, it's. Um, you know, we just uh, honestly, it's when I do fruit beers. Uh, sometimes, you know, if I find a good puree or a concentrate or something like that, I'll use it. With this one, we did a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and I'm not trying to be vague. I literally, um, I have to write down a laundry list of notes uh-huh. and keep doing things until I get it to where I want to get it. Some, I reduced, uh, you know, we uh, zested a lot of lemons and did a lot of lemon juice and um, obviously some simple sugars, like some simple syrup and kind of put it on a hot plate and, uh, you know, pasteurize it, mix it with some beer, let it sit, injected it into the fermenter, and then just keep kind of hitting that until we hit a right amount, you know, and then come up with a desired flavor. So uh, if I got my notes, it'd probably be about two pages long, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> but it's something that you can replicate and it is probably yeah. come back with since it isn't a warm Yeah, up. next time I, I don't think it's going to take me as long to get to where I, 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 I got it now. But, yeah, it's, it's a significant amount of stuff. Now, I know that you're drinking the Hibernation IPA, and that beer's, or at least the name beer, has been around since Big Bear opened. Right. Uh, is this the same recipe, or did you... Oh, no. Okay. No. No. Um, there's... I, I definitely... I, well, one, I have creative freedom here. I can kind of do, you know, what I need to keep up with market trends. And then uh-huh. since 
all these new hop varieties come out, you know, uh, I kind of have to start to branch out and, and, and keep it within the same, the same realms of its, of its lineage, you know, which, you know, is big American variety hops. I'm not just going to start switching over to, you know, wherever, whatever, yeah. new, whatever new region has the biggest, best hop now, mm -hmm. uh, just because it's the biggest, best hop. So I keep it true to what it should be um, as far as bitterness units, but I definitely ramped up the flavor and the aroma on it, mm -hmm. and I hit it, I, yeah, I probably quadrupled the hops since, <laughs> since I've, since I've taken over. Uh, it's, it needs, you know, it definitely needed a little bit more uh, aroma, in my opinion, um, especially with this New England style that come out with all these big fruity hops, and, you know, it kind of detracted from, in my opinion, it kind of started to take away from the American IPA, and American IPA just kind of started to live in the shadows of New England IPA, which, nah, I'm not going to have it, so I made sure that it, it definitely still held up there with the best of the IPAs, because it, it deserves to be, because it's a great beer. Awesome. And you also won a gold medal for best brew pub. Hmm. How does that category even work? So, <laughs> so it's a point system. Okay. Um, now the best Florida beer championships does a they do uh, a best uh, brewery and uh -huh. they do a best brew pub. Which you know, thank you to the best Florida beer championships for actually including us, including us little guys. Because <laughs> I all I <laughs> while though I would never want to be set apart from the regular commercial guys because beer is beer is beer. Um, I don't care if you have a 30 barrel system with 140 barrel fermenters or if you have a five barrel system, you know, with five barrel fermenters, you know, if you can brew good beer, you can brew good beer. So I definitely want to be in the categories with everyone else. But there's just something different about the brew pub atmosphere and uh, the type of crowds that the brew pub attracts versus the brewery. So that's kind of cool that they put a best brew pub and best brewery award out there. And it's based on a point system. I think gold is worth three, silver is worth two, bronze is worth one. And it just comes down to metal count and total points awarded. And another brewery in the Tampa, another brew pub in the Tampa Bay area usually wins that award uh, <laughs> because, well, they brew good freaking beer, you know, they they brew good beer. But um, this year I edged them out with two goals and uh, that put me at the top of the brew pub running in Florida. So nice. that was unexpected. It was actually uh, funny side note to that. Um, I wish I could apologize to the girl that I, I damn near knocked off of her feet because my back was to the stage when they called the award and I was not expecting it so I just turned around and ran and I shouldered this girl that was standing directly behind me and I didn't mean to I knocked her her beer went everywhere I, I picked up her beer I'm so sorry I apologize I'm sorry I'm really sorry I didn't mean to not I mean it was it was quite embarrassing like I, I mean it was cool because I, I, I had to go get the award but I I oh man I knocked this lady's beer and it's almost center flying yeah in the excitement of it hopefully you were able to replace her beer I went back to go say to go apologize again and she was gone <laughs> I felt I felt horrible I hope she didn't incur any medical bills. Well, and if she listens to the podcast, she knows where to find you now. So. Right, okay. <laughs> um, and I, 
think that they're, it's interesting that you're winning a ton of medals. Big Bear is no stranger to winning anything, but there still are a lot of people in Florida Craft Beer that haven't come this way. Well, that's see. because it's this way. And by this way, and um, if you are listening to this, you should know the territory of the region we're talking about. And, well, there's just kind of this predisposition that, well, all the cool places are out east by the beach. And by the and they are, really, though. I mean, honestly, Big Bear is out here isolated. In the brewing industry, we're isolated. Um, you know, breweries don't... Not that they can't do well by themselves, but if you look in certain areas where a brewery pops up, another brewery pops up next to it, it doesn't take away from their business, it adds to it. Why? Because because people that like craft beer like a lot of craft beer. They like to taste a lot of different craft beer. So they go from yeah. one brewery to the next brewery. And the more breweries there are in a concentrated area, the more people you're going to get to come out there. Well, I don't know if you're aware, but drinking and driving is illegal. Uh, you know, um, once you're over a certain limit, and usually in the craft beer world, one beer will put you over that limit. Especially if it's one of these uh, right, Belgian quads. Especially that quad you're drinking. But, uh, yeah, I mean, us being way out west in Cold Springs, uh, I think detracts from the... The, the regular brewing craft beer world, you know? So. But it's funny because in Coral Springs in general, Big Bear is just sort of a standard of the community. Yeah, it's big, always been. Big Bear is, as, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, just as Big Bear is by far the most successful restaurant in in, in Coral Springs. I if, would agree with you that. Know, if not North Broward, if not Broward County. I, I mean, I don't know the numbers for the rest of the, 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 the restaurants around here, but um, for what Big Bear is, They've, you know, we've been around for over 20 years, and uh, the walls. I mean, we're running out of places to put metals. The food, the food has been in, you know, Broward New Times, Miami New Times. Like, I mean, it's not. We never fall behind in anything. I mean, we keep up in market trends, and keep up with food, and keep up with beer, and um, yeah, it's, it's always going to be a staple in, uh, in Broward County, especially that uh, beer Munster cheese soup in the bread bowl. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's a meal unto itself. Yeah, well, I mean, I may or may not um, have a little part to do with that. With that, uh, I, being the beer Munster cheese soup, yeah, the Grizzly Red is definitely a big uh, a proponent to that to that uh, to that dish. There, it's 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 um it's low fat, low carb. Beer Munster cheese soup. I'm just kidding. No, no, that's a joke. No, it's all fat, all carbs, and it's that's why it's really, really good. <laughs> Excellent. Um, if people are interested in coming out and having a good meal and obviously a great flight of beers, both the standards that have been here for a little while and some of these new ones that just keep winning medals, where's the best place to uh, look for information on Big Bear? Well, you can go to our Instagram account and um, don't be. Uh, don't be put off by the fact that there's just a bunch of beer stuff and silly stuff on there because I run it. Um, I, I, it's it's me in the brewery with my assistant Shane, and um, between him and I, we are operations, uh, the sanitation crew, the uh, accounts receivable, logistics, uh, you know, social media, everything. So. 
And that's Shane behind the glass. Yeah, that's, that's uh, taking out some spent grain right now. That's Shane in there cleaning the mash tun. Good, good for him because uh, I'm, I'm enjoying a beer here with you. But uh, either our Instagram account or uh, we do have a Facebook account. Uh, I hope somebody's running that right now. I'm not really sure. And then um, our, our website is uh, BBBC at Big Bear or emails BBBC at Big Bear Brewing Company dot com. And uh, yeah, we have a website. It's you know, I think it's you go on to www.google.com and you type in Big Bear Brewing Company, and uh, you should be able to find us. We're in Coal Springs, of the University in between Royal Palm and Atlantic. Excellent, definitely a place that I know my family and I love going to. And just here a couple days ago, so yeah, so excellent. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Cool, man. Since 2014, people going to Sebastian, Florida, have been able to get some beers at Paradolia Brewing, one of the stalwarts of the area that just recently took home some more hardware from the Best Florida Beer event in Tampa. It is owned and brewed by Pete Anderson, who is on the line with us now. Pete, thanks for joining the Florida Beer Podcast. Uh, good morning, David. Thank you for having us today. Absolutely. So. I'm just going to want to start off with the name. I assume that Paradolia was an island or something that was close by to you and Sebastian. It is clearly not. Can you explain what it is and what possessed you to name your brewery after this? Um, well, it's funny. A lot of people think that might be our name. And I'm like, hide your valuables. The Paradolias are here. Um, <laughs> it's actually my wife and I are co-owners of Paradolia Brewing Company. And we had talked about opening a brewery for probably 20 years having lived, uh, started brewing in California, then moved to Portland, Oregon, later to Washington. So we got to Florida. We realized there was really no craft beer at the time. We moved here in about 2004. Um, but the name came from us sitting on the back porch one night during a full moon, drinking a couple beers, and a cloud floated by. My wife uh, pointed out that it looked like a cartoon character. Um, and for some reason, we knew what the word pareidolia meant. It's uh, making a pattern out of things that aren't necessarily what they appear to be, such as a cloud looking like a cartoon character, religious figures in toast, and so on. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we just thought that's the craziest name for a brewery ever. And the next day we searched the domain just to see for fun if it was available. And lo and behold, it, it was. So that's kind of how it happened. It just started on the back porch uh, on a full moon drinking beer. Can you please release a beer labeled uh, religious figures and toast? On the chalkboard, but sure. We're always open to find <laughs> new beer names. Uh, Excellent. We so, um, discussed doing something called Toast Art Tuesdays where people could come in and, and make their, uh, their masterpieces in, in scraping toast. But I think we realized how messy <laughs> that would be. Oh, that's funny. So, so for people that are coming to Paradolia Brewing, what can they expect? Tell us a little bit about the tap room and uh, the kind of beers that you usually have up on the board. Okay. Um, we're a five-barrel brew house, uh, so we're not a big brewery. And um, our tasting room, we have about 60-plus seats. We also have a deck uh, outside facing the Indian River Lagoon. We're family-friendly. Uh, dogs are allowed up on the deck. 
most people walk in and they feel like they're from some, they're in another location than Florida. Uh, you know, we kind of brought our influences from the Pacific Northwest to the decor. It's funky. It's a little dim, dimly lit. Uh, there's kind of uh, pareidolia pictures and old tap handles and old beer cans and things here and there. Uh, but it's very welcoming. Most people walk in just a few steps and they just right away said, Oh, I love this place. Um, and they bring friends with them. So it's a, it's a very warm, friendly place where, you know, the whole family can come in and hang out and we've got games for the kids and coloring sheets and things like that. And then uh, we do tours in the back. Like I said, we do have a five barrel brew house and we cram a lot of equipment into our space in the back. Um, so uh, we have, we average, we have 16 taps. We average 14 of our own generally because we also have kombucha and cider as well as an alternative for people. And uh, primarily we are brewing ales, um, everything from our latest, which is our Mel's Gold, Golden Ale, to um, stouts and everything in between, reds, IPAs. Um, we just did a collaboration with Good Water Brewing up in Burlington, Vermont, and we made a, uh, a Mexican stout with three different chili peppers and lactose and um, cinnamon, and I don't even remember everything we put in there, but uh, because we're not that big of a brewery, we, we don't mind doing experimental batches, so we're constantly reinventing things and trying new approaches to, to making beer. Excellent. And one of those experimental batches was the beer that you just won a silver medal for, correct? That is correct. Uh, it turns out that it was actually our 300th batch since we've been open. So it was kind of a celebratory beer in itself already. And uh, it was called Got 12 Bucks. And I don't know if you want to hear the story where that name came from. Oh, absolutely. You can't put a name like that to me and not tell me the story. There, there's something behind that. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know, if you talk to most brewers, they'll say one of the hardest things for them is to come up with a beer name that's not already taken. taken. So, um, you know, we're inspired all around by possible beer names. So I happened to wake up from a dream. Uh, I think about a week before I brewed that beer and it involved uh, my owing Mel Gibson, the actor, money. And for some reason, I'm not even necessarily a Mel Gibson fan. I'm not sure why he was in my dream, but I did owe him money. So I was standing in front of him with a, a wad of cash in my hand and then my phone rang. And someone said, hey, your wife was just in a car accident and the car is in a storefront. And of course, I'm like, oh my God, is she okay? And they said, yeah, she's okay, but the car is totaled. And I said, well, you know, I'll be right there. Again, this is a dream. So I start counting the money out that I owe Mel Gibson and, you know, just putting it in his hand. And I, I still had $12 in my hand. And I, I said to Mel Gibson in my dream, oh, the bank must have overpaid me. And he tried to snatch the $12 out of my hand. And I was like, hey, man, I just paid you back. My wife's car is in a storefront. I am not giving you my last 12 bucks. I have, I have a lot of things I need to do with this money. <laughs> and then I woke up. So I really don't know what I did with that 12 bucks, but I'm assuming I had plans. 
So I woke up thinking that's a beer name. I got twelve bucks. That's that's amazing. Um, wow, wow. So um, so other than the tears of Mel Gibson, what is in not twelve bucks? <laughs> uh, it's it's a high grav uh, double IPA. Um, I got a hold of some Comet hops, which I hadn't used before. I wanted to make something different. And doing a little research on Comet hops, apparently it was pretty popular back in the 70s um, in loggers and things. And it was, I think it was, uh, it's derived from some wild North American hops. I think it was blended from uh, some, some native hops, which was kind of interesting to me. And it's getting a resurgence now as kind of a late edition hop because of its really cool aromatic qualities. There's a little bit of earthiness to it, but it's also got some dankness to it. So I uh, mm-hmm. put three doses of Comet in there. I also used uh, Zythos, which is an interesting hop that you don't see used a lot. Um, and let me see what else I put in there. Um, oh, an Eldorado and Citra. So... Uh, there's a lot of hops in there and those are all combinations I've never used before. So it's interesting. A little piney. It's a little fruity. Um, you know, it's the malt, the malt flavors there, but the hops come in to keep it from being too sweet. It is a little bit on the sweeter side, but my experience with double IPAs is you want a little bit of that sweetness before the bitter comes in and counters it. Um, and that's really what separates it from, you know, your standard IPA. It's uh, that little bit of sweetness on the back. Nice. I'm a huge fan of Eldorado hops, so anything with that in it, and I'm game. Oh, same here. That's just a really neat hop. I put a whole lot of that in the Whirlpool, so we got a lot of aromatics off of that in addition to the flavor. And the IBUs came in about uh, 81. So okay. it wasn't a palate wrecker. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, now you've got a big event coming up this weekend. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. We're in our fourth year of the Shrimp Fest and Craft Brew Hullabaloo. Uh, We were only open a few months when the local Rotary came to us and said uh, they wanted to do this fundraiser for local youth and they wanted beer to be a component of it, uh, craft beer specifically. And we were still figuring out how to run our own brewery. And I said, well, I've never run an event, but if you want craft beer there, then I'm going to do what I can for you. And so now it's kind of exploded um, as far as just the number of people. It's a three-day event from March 15th through March 17th. And the craft beer tasting is on Saturday the 16th from 1 o'clock to 5 o'clock. And we wanted to keep it affordable. I think some beer fests now are just getting a little bit too pricey for you know, your average worker. So uh, the cost is only 25 bucks if you buy them in advance on Eventbrite or at one of the participating breweries. Or you can uh, walk up the day, the day of and pay $30. So um, it's still pretty affordable right now. I think we have uh, right around 25 breweries. We've got uh, Bold City coming down from Jacksonville. We've got some breweries in the West Palm area coming up, uh, some from Sanford. And it takes place in a really beautiful park under these oak trees. And we set it up to be almost like a little beer village instead of all the tents being just lined up in a linear way. It's 
they're kind of uh, put around in a way to make it just kind of wander from place to place. And you can cross over from one side to the other. And uh, everybody just said it was a very cool setting. Um, and I've had brewers call and ask if they could be a part of it because of the reputation they, they heard. It's, um, there's no distributors there. It's not distributor tents. These are all the actual brewers. That's awesome. That is really cool to hear. I like that. Uh, if people are interested in getting more details about the event or on Paradolia Brewing itself, where can they find you online? Uh, our website is paradoliabeer.com, and that's P-A-R-E-I-D-O-L-I-A, beer.com. Or for the Shrimp Fest specifically, uh, shrimpfestfl.com has all the details there as well with links to buying tickets. Excellent. And you're also featured on the Treasure Coast Ale and Wine Trail. We are. We are actually uh, co-founders. Uh, myself and Gary Roberts from the Summer Crush Winery got together. He had called me a while back and said, Pete, I want to do a wine trail, but I'm only one winery. And we both agreed that's too short of a trail. So uh, <laughs> we merged the wine and beer together. And I contacted all the brewers I knew. And if my memory serves, when we first launched it, there were six breweries on the map with only four open yet. Um, so that was a couple of years ago. And now we have nine breweries, uh, cider works, uh, and the winery uh, as well. So the winery, cidery, and nine breweries now on the Treasure Coast Ale Trail. That's excellent. I've got my map and I've got some stamps on there. Haven't finished it yet, but I definitely Good need to. Good for you. Yeah, we also have seen an uptick in business since it launched. And um, I remember uh, about a year and a half ago, this group, I was in the brew room and one of my staff came back and said, hey, these guys just did the whole trail in one day. Well, that's worthy of me coming out and taking a picture with them. So uh, they were pretty excited. I think they might have been from Canada. Um, but <laughs> they were pretty excited to have done the whole thing in one day, which is pretty monumental considering how many miles and and drinks are in between. I tried to think about doing that. I did not think it was possible. So I'm curious as to how they did it. Uh, I'm sure somebody was driving who wasn't drinking. <laughs> uh, that's the key. Yeah. We did a trip up to Vermont a couple of years ago. And uh, just to really, I wanted to go up and see what the, all the hype was about the New England IPAs. And I went up there with three other friends and one of them designated himself as the driver. And we did 21 breweries in four days oh. uh, across the state. I think we ended up putting it over 500 miles. We did, you know, the Alchemist, Hill Farmstead, uh, Von Trapp, all these, you know, world-class breweries. And uh, just aside from, on a little side note from that, when we uh, were on the plane coming back, I, I thought I pretty much figured out the New England IPA thing. Mm -hmm. And so I to pee in my head and now that beer is our number one seller oh wow uh, 32958 the locals call it zip code which is our zip code in sebastian and we named it because our new location is in the old post office oh cool it all kind of came together and uh yeah so it's kind of fun kind of a fun story that's so, awesome thank you for thank you for the stories and thank you for your time we really appreciate it 
Absolutely. Thank you for giving us the time and, and considering us. We're a small town, but we like to think the beers on the Treasure Coast are starting to get noticed. Um, so appreciate you promoting craft beer in Florida. Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank you. If you're an avid reader of FloridaBeerBlog.com, you have seen my review of Title Brewing Company in Spring Hill, Florida, about an hour north of Tampa. This is one of my new favorite breweries in the area, uh, taking root in what used to be an old gas station with their onstage brewery right where the car wash used to be. And now to go along with all that, they have two brand new silver medals from the Best Florida Beer Competition couple weeks ago in tampa so i'm here with co-owner and brewer david peitzman david how are you doing i am doing well dave how's it going my man it's doing good congratulations on the wins thank you very much it was a surprise but yeah we'll, we'll definitely take it very very well deserved from what i've had of yours so you just to double or just to check we have silver medals for your alt beer and your Weizenbach. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about both of those beers and kind of the development of those recipes? Um, well, just like I just told you, um, this was actually the first time we've ever made either of these beers. Uh, so <laughs> it was kind of like a shot in the dark, but I knew because, I mean, obviously you've been up here, so you know we're kind of a traditionalist. So I knew what an alt beer should be, and I knew what a Weizenbach should be. Um, so I just started recipe developing and just kind of started tinkering around knowing what I wanted out of it. And then, um, the alt beer, we actually had to let cold condition a lot longer than we thought we would. Um, cause we brought it out originally in our Oktoberfest uh -huh. and uh, yeah, and it wasn't right where we wanted it to be. So we just put it in the back corner of the cooler for probably three or four months. And, uh, we brought it back out and um, yeah, that's what we got out of that. So that one turned out really well. And the Weizenbach was, um, that was another beer that we just kind of like, I really like Weizenbachs. Um, and we started developing the recipe. We had some Hefe yeast that we needed to use. So we just kind of threw it together. That one we thought was going to age poorly, but it actually aged really well just because you're using the Hefe yeast. And sometimes those, those phenols drop out pretty quick. Interesting. Now that you've gotten a couple medals under your belt, do you think you'll try and do anything else for next year's competition? Um, probably not too much. Cause this year we, we literally just looked at the board and what we had in the coolers and we were like, what do we think is what it should be as far as style? And what could we at least throw in there? Some of the beers we, we knew they probably wouldn't do that well, but we wanted some feedback on them just from uh, the BJCP judges just to see their feedback, see what sort of tinkering we could do with those ones. But we had probably three or four beers that we thought could at least be competitive. Um, and maybe next year we'll plan a little bit more, but this honestly is just like a, a pleasant surprise, if anything. Because I remember when I submitted the beers, I told my wife, I was like, there's no freaking way we're going to win anything. So I know that you do enjoy your classic German recipes, but I'm going to call you out because I would love 
to get the full story uh, again uh, of Brennan's Bastard, which I think is now back on tap, correct? It is on tap. We're actually, we're getting down to our last couple of kegs of it, but yes, it is back on tap. Okay. And that has a, uh, it's a New Orleans story, right? Uh, yeah. Um, pretty much what happened is when my wife and I got engaged, I, I proposed there are in New Orleans, actually sitting on the Mississippi River in Jackson Square. So next morning after we had our obviously proposal night and imbibed a few beverages, um, I took her to Brennan's, which if you're familiar with New Orleans is a very famous restaurant there. Um, so this is when I was still just home brewing. So we got back from New Orleans and my wife, who did this a lot before we opened this place and still does it, but it's a little different. Um, she was like, you need to make me a beer that has something to do with New Orleans. So I was like, okay. So we started thinking about it and we we're like, okay, we went to Brennan's Bastard after we got engaged. And Brennan's is famous for being where Bananas Foster's was invented. So we pretty much started messing around and that's where Brennan's Bastard comes from. Nice. And I can definitely tell anybody who's listening, this is a phenomenal beer, definitely well worth the drive. Um, are you seeing a lot more people heading up from Tampa, heading from St. Pete, heading from Central Florida to come visit you in Hernando County? Yes, we are definitely, especially the last three or four months, we're getting a lot of people coming up here that have pretty much told us, well, this person at this brewery said we need to come check you guys out. Obviously, we have Market 48 up here, too. So now that we have two breweries up here, um, I think it's a lot more reasonable for people to make the, the hike instead of just for one. But yeah, we are definitely seeing a huge increase of people actually driving up north to come see us because, I mean, there's really nothing else up here to see too often. And um, they're going to have even more reason to come up there with your upcoming one year anniversary, right? Yep. Um, it flew by, but yeah, May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, we are, that's our one year anniversary already. What are you going to be doing? Any big festivities planned? Um, we are planning a couple can releases. Um, definitely a lot of different beer releases in house. Um, nothing too crazy. We'll probably see if we can get a band in here. That's not too loud. Cause if you've been to our place, the acoustics are good to say the <laughs> least. Um, but yeah, nothing crazy planned right now. I mean, but definitely we got four or five beers. We know we're going to try and can and release that weekend. And then on tap, we'll, I mean, who knows? We're still trying to figure everything out, but yeah, we'll definitely have some good stuff going on that weekend. Excellent. And you're right next to one of my favorite Cuban restaurants of all time. So it's always a good, good, uh, good afternoon break. Yeah. Rice and beans is awesome. They're good people too. Yeah, excellent. Um, excellent. Well, thank you very much. Once again, congratulations on your win. Let me know what's going on, and I can't wait to come visit you in Spring Hill again. All right. I appreciate it, Dave. It's nice to hear from you, man. I have had the pleasure of knowing Joel Codner since his days working up through the ranks at Do South Brewing. These days, he is the brewmaster at the relatively new West Palm Brewery and Wine Vault in downtown West Palm Beach. And he and his team 
recently won best beer at the 2019 best Florida beer championship in Tampa. Joel, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. So you were basically at the West Palm brewery and wine vault since it was an open box and you kind of had a great Instagram feed of bringing all the brewing equipment in and building it up. Can you describe your new digs to people that have not been there yet? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so we are West Palm Brewery and Wine Vault. We are a 10-barrel non-distributing brew pub up in downtown West Palm Beach. Uh, we're about two blocks south of Clematis and uh, about two blocks east of the Brightline Station. So if you're coming up from Fort Lauderdale Miami, it's a quick walkover. Uh, and um, all of our beer is produced in-house on our 10-barrel DME system. Um, we don't distribute, so if you want to get it, you got to get it here. And um, we offer crawlers and growlers to go. Uh, we also have a really awesome kitchen with a Italian wood-fired oven. So we do kind of like personal-sized pizzas, wings, small plates, a lot of good stuff. We've got constant rotating specials. So it's a place to come hang out, uh, get some good beer, get some good food. We also have our wine vault, which is all of our owner, uh, John Pankowski's uh, personal uh, private label wine, uh, which is also only available here. So, uh, you know, I think, I think, you know, the brew pub is nothing new, but we definitely offer something unique in the sense that, um, there, you know, there aren't many in South Florida and, uh, you could definitely come hang out, have a beer or, you know, a few, uh, enjoy some good food. We've got lots of, uh, TVs and, and show whatever game you want to watch. We do all sorts of, uh, event nights like uh, trivia night, karaoke night, all the, all the usual good stuff. Uh, and, and just pretty much have a good time. We're in downtown West Palm Beach. We've got a great diverse crowd, um, and there's always something fun happening here. Do you see the downtown West Palm beer scene really exploding? Because uh, it really wasn't a whole lot there. Now you're there, Steam Horse, Ukapau. There's a lot going on there. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's, it's really come along in just the past, I'd say, two years. Um, I started here... Uh, a little over a year and a half ago, uh, I came on in late August of 2017 uh, while we were still under construction and setting up the brew house. And in that time, uh, you know, like you said, we've had Ukapau, Steam Horse Open, uh, Accomplice uh, has been here for a while. Uh, a lot of good stuff in the area. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting so many people. Uh, Civil Society just opened uh, not too far from us, which is awesome. And uh, we even have all kind of formed this West Palm Brewers Alliance. Uh, so we're kind of like a mini guild in, in a sense. Uh, we all support each other, kind of cross promotional, uh, do events together and things like that. So there's a lot of good stuff in the works and, and uh, it's definitely uh, great to have neighbors. Excellent. Uh, now you mentioned that your owner has a wine label. How much input does he have in the beers or are those all pretty much your own? So I'm pretty much given free reign on the beer. Um, occasionally we'll discuss things like seasonals or, uh, specially made beers for particular events, uh, things like that. But, but as far as producing the beer, I, I, I'm pretty much, uh, given total, uh, creative control and, and, um, you know, creativity. Um, you know, like I said, since we don't distribute, uh, we can tinker a lot. Uh, we don't have to worry about making the same two or three or four beers every single week. Uh, so we keep it fresh. We keep it rotating. And, um, you know, uh, the, the world is pretty much our oyster here. We can, we can kind of do what we want, which is pretty cool. Okay. Now, obviously, there's a particular beer that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. 
But with the rest of the beers, how do you generally approach what styles to put on tap, what styles to brew, and and so on? Well, when we were getting uh, ready to open initially, I had no idea what to expect from the downtown crowd. I never really spent much time up here. Um, so we, we kind of came with this very approachable and uh, slightly diverse uh, list of beers, you know, something for everybody, light to dark, sweet to bitter. And as it turns out, uh, the people in the downtown area really uh, do appreciate uh, beer flavored beer, as you would call it. So um, a lot of our, our straightforward stuff has been very popular. We can't make enough of our blonde ale. Um, you know, our, our unfashionable brown ale has been really popular and makes for some really good uh, uh, base beer for, you know, good treatments. We, we like to tinker with coffee a lot. So, you know, we keep the list rotating. We keep it diverse. You know, we do want people to sit and enjoy themselves and not feel like, oh, that was great, but I can only have one or a sampler of it. Um, you know, we want people to really uh, enjoy what they're drinking and, and have more of it. Excellent. And of course, one of the things that they'll have more of a very sessionable beer, if, if you will, is the beer of the hour, the best beer in Florida, five, six, <laughs> so first of all, congratulations on that. Um, I have had five, six, one. It is fantastic and wonderfully true to style. So what was sort of your mindset coming in, creating that specific beer, and what was the road to go from taps to the gorgeous new glass display trophy? That you- <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks. Um, so uh, I, I just I really wanted to put together just a very um, approachable, easy drinking, true to style Hefeweizen, um, and. I, you know, I wouldn't say we were we were going for like authentic or traditional or anything like that. We just you know wanted to make a good drinking beer, and Hefeweizen was actually the uh, gateway beer for me when I when I first got into beer over a decade ago. So, um, you know, really wanted to make something that you know wasn't as light as our Blondale and wasn't um, very heavy. You know, we wanted something that was you know light but still easy drinking, and uh, so so we put together this this five six one obviously named for our uh, local area code, and um we we've been we've been brewing it on and off and i feel like now it kind of has to be a core brand um you know we, we don't really have many of those but uh it's it, it's really picked up steam in the last few weeks hopefully that'll maintain uh people seem to really be enjoy enjoying it and uh, it's great that it got a little notoriety uh, i'm i'm personally blown away by the award uh, it was not expected whatsoever and um, it's, it's nice to have that kind of beer recognized. So, um, you know, and basically in putting it together, um, beer gets so much of its character from fermentation. And the temperature on this particular uh, Hefeweizen yeast strain um, can really sway this way or that depending on temperature. So, um, you know, if you ferment it a little bit lower in temperature, it's going to produce more uh, banana-like character. And if you ferment it higher, uh, it's going to produce more uh, clove-like uh, spiciness. So I like to cut it right down the middle and keep it really balanced. And, and I would probably go a little bit lower just because I love that banana character so much. But, you know, I do want to keep it balanced and not have it kind of overly fruity. So, um, you know, we, we always just kind of split the difference on the recommended fermentation temperature for this beer. And um, it, it comes out very well. It's nice. It's, it's um you know, the, the haze stays in suspension from that yeast. It's, it's, it's real nice. And it, it's probably uh, the one hazy beer that I think doesn't look horrible that we make. Um, you know, we, we do a couple of hazy IPAs. Um, but, uh, as, as far as this beer goes, I guess it is kind of true to style um, almost unintentionally. Nice. Um, what kind of big things do you have coming up in the near future? 
Um, so as far as beers go, like I said, you know, we're always keeping it rotating. Uh, we always have like a hazy IPA in the tank, which has really been popular here. Um, we, uh, found that several of our beers make really good, uh, bases for treatments. Cause we like to tinker with local coffee or like local, um, coconut flake, uh, that we toast in our, uh, wood fired oven, uh, peanuts. So there's all sorts of things that we work with. Uh, so, you know, we have another batch of our cream ale coming up. Uh, it's a light golden ale with lactose. It's, it's sweet and easy drinking. Um, and we'll probably see some of that on nitro for, uh, St. Patrick's Day, we have our No Leaf Clover Irish Style Red Ale coming out. So that's about 6%, you know, easy drinking, crushable, um, you know, Irish Style Red Ale, uh, which is pretty malt forward, but also has sort of a dry finish to it. And uh, we released that one as well on St. Patrick's Day last year, and it was uh, pretty well received. And that's kind of the cool thing about uh, not being subject to the distribution and seasonal creep is that, you know, we can come out with things on time as opposed to two months ahead of time. Excellent. Uh, where can people find out more information on West Palm Brewery and Wine Vault? Uh, so everybody can follow us on social media at WP Brewery on Instagram, uh, Twitter. I believe we are facebook.com slash West Palm Brewery, or you could just look us up on Facebook. Uh, westpalmbeer.com is the website the menu is always updated you'll see food specials you'll see the current food menus current beer menus uh we also have lots of cool uh wine on draft uh that we just received yesterday um so uh we have been pouring our rosé uh on draft and now we also have a pinot noir uh a cab and a red blend which are all awesome so we hope people come check those out real soon Nice. Do you still have the rosé all day uh, special on Sundays? I know that was a big point of happiness for us the last time we went. <laughs> um, I honestly don't know. Um, I'm, I'm so buried in, in the beer part of it. I haven't really paid attention to what's going on on the weekends with the wine. Are, hang on. Are we still doing the, the rosé all day? Sundays. Yeah, we are. Okay, cool. <laughs> Excellent. I, that's one of the things I like about West Palm Brewery and Wine Vault. There really is something for everybody, and it's just a really good time. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time, and you go enjoy that award. Thank you very much. And that is it for a very jam-packed episode six of the Florida Beer Podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for participating in today's episode. I definitely want to thank Flint Blade. You're listening to some of his music right now, and at the end of the episode, we'll go ahead and play the song in its entirety so you can check out a very awesome local musician. You can find Flint Blade on Spotify. You can find him on iTunes. You can find him at Amazon. does have a couple new albums out. Definitely recommend you go and check out his stuff. Got a couple interesting, exciting interviews that are going to be coming up. We have Joe from Groovy Guy Gifts. If you've seen my camo green cooler bag on Instagram, that's where I got it from. Got some other stuff coming from him, and we're going to chat about some of the things that you can get on his site, which is really fantastic. Also have a couple sponsored posts coming from DrinkAid, a great hangover prevention and recovery drink, and also Brewhouse Legends, which is a series of snack mixes that you can now find at ABC Fine Wines and more. If you are interested 
in getting one of those snazzy new Southwest Florida Ale Trail passports that was sent to us courtesy of the Southwest Florida Ale Trail, you can do so very easily. Just find the Florida Beer Podcast on your podcast app of choice and subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, anything. Take a screenshot of you subscribing it, put it up on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Florida Beer Blog. You can find us on Facebook at FL Beer Blog. Make sure to spread the word and that'll get you entered for one of these two awesome passports. If you want to reach out, you can do so very easily at FloridaBeerBlog at gmail.com. And we will see you in a week's time for the next episode. This is Dave. Thank you for listening and drink Florida craft.